All right, good afternoon, everyone. It is 2.50 Thursday, October 13th. And I just wanted to come up here and, like I promised, I would do part two of my story today or tomorrow, but it ended up being today because tomorrow's class and it's Friday, the weekend, so nobody really wants to hear me talk on the weekend. I know, it's okay. Um, we are going to be telling my story, part two, where I left off part one was that, you know, it was one of the most, this was the first part of my story that somebody witnessed what was happening to me and actually told me to leave the relationship, which I ended up doing safely, thankfully. And then after that, I was going to share with you guys how gun violence got involved with it or how it played a part in it. And so gun violence came into my story. Like after, you know, I lost my cousin to gun violence when I was 12 in D.C. Then we went to the funeral. That's how my very first experience with gun violence happened. But personally towards me was when um, I said PG still with like considering the years I was at PG before I left. A lot of people were trying to jump me. I shared that in the last episode that people were trying to jump me. People were trying to tell me to stop sharing my story, you know, or sharing what he supposedly did because they didn't believe me, you know, and I was like, you know what? No, I'm still going to because something needs to be done or someone needs to hear me and someone needs to believe what I'm saying. And he's not the the holy grail. Like, y'all are holding him up to be. Like, he's not the most innocent person out there. He's not innocent in any form of the, the word innocent. And so I just basically was still telling my story about what happened between me and him. And they were like, oh, you need to stop telling your story or something will happen to you. And you know me, that's the problem. It never, I never stopped telling it. And I just decided to tell myself that. No matter what happens, I'm never going to stop telling my story. My story is in part important, and it made me who I am. And, you know, people have a story to tell. And so that's why like, I literally get involved with all these organizations that either do gun violence prevention or domestic violence awareness. And, like, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, so this month is a hard month for me. Like, yesterday was one of those hard days that, you know... I didn't know how I was going to get through it. I ended up scratching my own car in the garage. I was like, Lord Jesus, I don't even know. I'm never that dangerous. And um, so after, you know, I continued sharing my story. Before I left PG Community College, that's where I was for two years. A waste of my time. Honestly, that school did nothing for me. <laughs> it, um, there were some people he knew that were not Africans, but like American and some um, different ethnic groups that were really just trying to get towards me telling, you know what, we're going to find a way to lure her out every time that she's here. And that, you know, made my school life hard to actually just focus on what I actually needed to do to graduate or just get get the thing, get my credits and get out. So he made sure of that. Now, the gun violence portion, I don't even know if he really knows about that part, but I don't ever care or want to tell because I don't talk to him in any shape or way or form because I moved, I moved, he moved on and I'm moving on. So it's just like, I just wish him the best. I wish him 
and his so-called new girlfriend the best, you know, that they're happy together, that nobody shall come in between them, you know. I don't wish evil upon anyone because it's not, like I say, judgment is not for me. I don't judge. I can't judge. We're not made to judge one another. But then again, we're in a modern-day society where, you know, people think they have the right to judge someone just because they're not where they think they're supposed to be or they're not where they're um, accessible or successful to not be judged. But it was when I was at gunpoint, it was like like mid-evening, midnight. I was heading to the bus because I didn't have a car. Like, I literally just got my car last year. just started driving last year. And I didn't have a bus. We took the same route of transportation to get home. And this was, like, fall. So, you know, daylight savings time. That time when the days would be, like, the nights would be shorter. Well, not shorter, but darker at a certain time. And I either would stay in school and study or have, like, a dance practice. I never really had I had, like, maybe one or two evening classes when I was there. And I think that was, I believe that was the day I had an evening class because it was really, it was darker than the norm. So I was headed to the bus. You know, I tried, I basically watched my surroundings. But this day, I was really trying to get home because of how dark it was. And, you know, it was, the weather was bad. So I just didn't want to even be outside. Sadly, I didn't look around my surroundings, but I, someone was behind me at the point, but I didn't check in time. Someone came behind me. There was one behind me, two, one on the side. So I was like, you know what? I'm only one person. I would try and run. It didn't work. Um, and they ended up just like, you know, they had one of them, the one behind me brought out the firearm and was literally holding it to my back. And it was like, you know, we're not going to hurt you. We're just going to t- warn you that you need to stop what you're doing. And... The person in front of me, I know they were both men because they had they were male voices. It was dark, so I didn't see who it was. And I was like, okay, you know what? This actually, you know, this is the time, the, the, the time of the place that I actually had to say, you know what? I got to find somewhere else to go. I got to find a different school. I got to find a different program in general. And I'm glad that I found a different program that I loved now. I love now and I have kept doing. So it's just like... That really, in a way, it didn't scare me. And, you know, people was like, after this, why are you not scared? Um, I'm not scared because I continue advocating for gun violence prevention, you know. And there was a shooting here in my apartment on Tuesday when I was coming home from school. Like, I, my sister had to duck because I wasn't home. She was ducking. Like, she got on the floor, turned off the lights, everything. The person, I guess, was coming home because I was, could not even get into my apartment. I was literally had to duck in my car, but I was all the way home when I heard the shootings. And I couldn't park where I was supposed to park. There was like 20-odd police officers here. They were right in front of where I was supposed to park and turn into my apartment complex, like right in my parking lot, right there. The person never even made it home. They were not even allowed to make it home. Whoever found, whoever was coming for them, got them. And I was like... Jesus, they let the bullets fly. They did not end. That person either is no longer alive or they have really just been badly injured, wounded. But the way those bullets were flying, there was not no way that person could have survived, sadly. And don't believe they found who did it because 
you know, it's the day, it's two days after. They don't care. The police are not here guarding or securing the area like they were doing that evening. And that's the problem that we have. Like, after a shooting happens in an apartment complex in a community, the police will stay for a day or a night, and that's it. They're going to continue to do what they're supposed to, what they want to do, which is go sit down in the office, eat donuts, drink coffee, and supposedly say they're working to find out who did it. And that's never the case. They never find out who did it, who does it. And our communities don't feel safer. We don't have trust in the police and the law enforcement because they don't do what they're supposed to do. They don't find, they don't put these people that do this stuff behind bars. And, you know, this this hit home when Tuesday happened. Like, it hit home because I was supposed to go to work the next day. I went to work. I wasn't going to stay in this apartment because of the shootings that happened. I was not about to stay here. You know, who knows if they're going to come back? Who knows if they weren't even actually supposed to find that person or they found the wrong person? Um, so I was like, I'm going to work, and then I'm going to my fellowship, and then I'm coming home. Like, next week starts my 6.30 to 10 class, which is like, professor needs to understand that I'm going to leave at 9. I don't care what she says. I'm going to email her and be like, yeah, I'm leaving at 9. The best thing you're going to get out of me is two hours because there's no reason you need three hours and 30 minutes to talk about nothing that's important. So, I, after that happened to me at PG, I literally was like, you know what? I'm going to start finding schools that do a different program that do healthcare or something that I'm interested in. Then it was Test College of Technology. I was like, okay. One of my friends went there, and he was like, oh, you should apply here. You know, they have... Because he, he actually messaged me. He was like, are you okay? Because he left PG, too, because he didn't want to stay there anymore. He was like, are you okay? You know, are you still doing okay over there? Because I know what you were going through uh, was not really cool. But I left because he left because he found something better he wanted to do. He was like... They have these programs if you're interested. So he sent me the information. That's how I got into Brightwood College. It, they named it Brightwood College when I was applying there. And it wasn't test college of technology anymore. Because they had, like, different programs. They had, like, IT, medical assistant. Um, I don't even know if they had dental, but I know it was, like, MA and IT. So I was like, you know what? Thank you so much. You did it. You're amazing because you didn't have to help me. So I applied there. I got in. I started my nine-month MA program, and I'm grateful to that school because I kept pushing. I graduated. I got D's list. I got president's list. I got excellent attendance list. I got perfect attendance list. That really started my healthcare world and, like, healthcare professional aspect of my life. It's just, like, it actually moved. It actually made me better. It actually saved me if that makes sense. That saved me as well as my friend, who I don't like to talk, sadly talk to anymore. I don't even know what his name was. That's how out of touch I've been with people. I don't, I don't have friends now like that. But he really helped me get out of the school of PG Community College and away from people that wanted to continue to harm me. And I don't feel bad leaving anybody over there because I really had no one I can call my friend there. So that was really how gun violence played a part in that relationship. He may not have known that something like that happened. And like I said, I'm not going to tell him. I don't care if he doesn't know. Because he's not somebody that cared. I realized the second time when we started retaining, he did not care at all. So we just 
and did it. Like, I left, and I know he was still there because I, he was there since I graduated high school. And he was there before I graduated high school. So he, I don't even know if he went to college after, real college after. But I doubt he could or can anyway. But my story is not different than anyone else's that probably experienced domestic violence or gun violence or any type of violence, any form of violence in their life because the next person could have went through the same thing but just doesn't know how to say it. And, you know, I don't really have anybody say I could talk to y'all like, hey, this is this, that is that, this is what happened. To me, you know, I don't have that community, but I'm trying to put it in the form of, like, a podcast or, like, social media because social media is another form of community that you can talk and you can express yourself and you can share what you went through. And even if people judge you, you know what you went through. You know what you what happened to you because guess what? You're the one that went through it, sadly. This may have been traumatic for me. It's not made, it did not make me scared at that point. It did not it did not make me cry. I was like, when that was happening, I was trying to like just keep quiet because, you know, who knows? The smallest thing could tip them off. And I didn't want to deal with that. So I just stayed there. They said what they wanted to say. They left. My bus came. I was just traumatized because, like I said, I had to take the bus to the New Carroll station. I had to either wait for my sister or my mom. Because, like I said, I didn't drive back then. I'm not one of those people that decided to get my permit when I was younger or like when I could. And I have never told my family that portion of what happened. They just know that we ended up breaking up. You know, they knew that we were not we not together. That it wasn't gonna last. But they didn't know like really what transpired after we broke up. Nobody really knows that I would say is my family or is really close to me. Um, because I don't know how to just talk about that, you know, like, I have a co-worker, God bless her soul, because she's like, I could call her my best friend, and after this, I'm going to just text her and be like, you may not know this, but you are a blessing to me, (laughs) because, like, I don't talk to people, and it's just like, she, she really... It's like, she's the funnest, funnest, not even a word. She's the most fun person that I could say I work with. And I know she's going to be, like, one of the people that I'm going to miss the most. Like, I have a work mom, Miss Nicole. Her name is Nicole, and she's, like, also a beautiful soul. But, like, (laughs) there's some people in my life that I feel really grateful to know grateful to call a friend we may not hang out like because she lives in dc herself so i'm like i can't just go out at night in dc because i don't trust dc at night like i invited her to my birthday dinner i didn't end up having it because sadly my sister was in the hospital then and i was like i don't even know if i'm gonna probably reschedule there's no point of rescheduling it now because it's october and my birthday was in august so like there's no point of rescheduling it and it's like maybe one day we'll just do something for fun like co-worker wise and even on the weekend or friend wise i have like a few co-workers that i call my friends but like this particular co-worker she is a blessing she doesn't know it but you know so i've never told her she's a blessing but it's like i'm gonna tell her today and if i tell y'all i'm gonna start crying 
Like, I don't even know. Because <laughs> there's just some people that you would just want to actually just be like a sister outside of a sister. And she's one of those. Like, she's a sister from another mother. And she's a strong woman, too. Like, she's just really, she's, she just brings the light to the world and the room. So, that really is how good violence played a part in my relationship experience with domestic, like my relationship abuse experience, with my experience with domestic violence. I'm lucky I'm here. I was suicidal after all of that. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to give people the satisfaction of taking my own life because I know what I came onto this earth to do. I know what I was put on this earth to do. And that is what I'm going to do. And people's like, you're so strong. Why are you, well, how are you like this? And I don't tell them everything, but I say, it's just me. I just have to keep going. After all I've been put through, there's no way that y'all gonna stop me or die me down. Like, my energy will never die down. I will continue moving. I will continue fighting. I will continue pushing. Because things have to change for our communities to be safer, for people to be safer, for people to know that there are people out there who went through what they went through. They overcame it, and they're fighting for them. So... If, like I say, all the time, you got to keep pushing. You got to keep fighting. There's no there's no dying down for what you're passionate about. And let me tell you, if you know me, then you know it's the truth. So I will talk to you guys later. This is really all I wanted to share with you guys and how gun violence really did affect me personally. And what happened Tuesday just, just traumatized me. Like, why should I have a duck in my car just to get home, you know? But... To be safe, you got to do what you got to do. You got to protect yourself. You got to protect your family. So I will talk to you guys later. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Share it around. Like it. Comment. Um, I'm going to try to do podcasts every Thursday or Tuesday. Tuesday and Thursday, either one. I will figure it out. And then I will let you guys know on my social media pages, Instagram, really all I use. And... Yeah, so I'll talk to you guys later. I hope you stay safe out there. Be blessed. Just do you.